and welcome back to another episode of Bigger Money Pockets. Bigger what? Pockets Money. Basic, basic Pockets. I don't even know. Basic I mean, Podcast all right, Dollars. Hold on, come back. Welcome to Basic Money Podcast. I'm Keith. I'm Josh. And Josh is going to go a little more in depth today with some of the terms that we've actually said a lot as far as like active income, passive income. And we want to go a little more in depth with that today to explain to you what those forms are and more importantly, how they're taxed. Yes. So there are two to three various ways, I mean, you could classify income. You have what everybody knows of, which I would consider active, which is you go to work for somebody or you work for yourself. Either way, you are hustling, trading your time for money. Could be for an employer, could be for commissions, it could be anything, but these are all short-term uh, based income and it is all taxed at the federal tax rate that everybody is more familiar with, that tax bracket that everyone knows and is also susceptible to state incomes. This is the highest in, uh, taxing you will get based on your income. This type of income is taxed at the most. So you'll have your 0%, your 12%, 22, 24, 32, 34, and then and those, are the, those are the tax brackets. Yeah, the tax brackets based on your based income, on income Yeah. So you can Which, easily Google it. I was going to say, yeah, you, you could find that on Google if, if you're making a certain amount. Because I think sometimes, uh, I think is, is, I don't know if it's still a thing, but like, is it a case where, let's say you're working a job and you're in a certain tax bracket and your boss says, hey, I'm going to give you a raise. And the raise puts you like just above into the next bracket. So there's a misnomer and a big fear of people having that. They're like, oh, I don't want to go into the next bra tax bracket because they think that that means all of a sudden all of their money is going to get taxed at that bracket. Yeah. So let's say from the 12% to the 22%. There's a 10% increase there, right? Well, that doesn't mean that if I earn over the 10% bracket, like all of my income now is at this. We have what is known as a graduated. So whatever it is at that limit for the 10%, that's what I'm taxed at at that limit. Every dollar over that amount, that amount gets taxed at that higher bracket. Okay. So you see that as each time you cross a bracket, it's just the amount of money that's in that bracket that gets taxed that yeah. amount. So you're, you're still making more money if yeah. you're getting paid more money. You're, you are making more money. High taxes doesn't isn't necessarily a bad thing. It means you make a lot of money. So don't be wary about it and fearful that, oh, I don't want to pay that much of taxes. I mean, if I had to pay 20 million in taxes, that's great. At least in my mind, because that probably means I made 40 to $50 million. Yeah. So, don't ever think of it like that. But if you can find ways to not pay as much, to minimize it by doing different tax strategies and things that are legal by the IRS, then of course do that. Why wouldn't you? So you have your wages, you have commissions. These are taxed at the highest level. You have what is known as passive income. So this is income where you might have done some work at the beginning, but now you're not doing any work afterwards and you're still making money. So this is from royalties. This is rental income sometimes. I mean. You can talk to various people. Rental income is passive, not passive, depending. Yeah. Um, dividend income, and um, there's capital gains as well. And di dividend income specifically from like That's stocks? That's from or? stocks, yeah. yeah. So a dividend is a company has extra money. They don't have anything else to do with it. They're going to give a portion of it to their shareholders as a yeah. reward. So which, which, which is pretty cool. I, I have some stocks in my portfolio where I have X amount of money that I put in and they pay me yearly dividends where and because in my case it's a it's a Roth IRA so I'm not gonna be able to touch that money until I'm 65 66 and a half whatever the date is yeah that that's cool because every year I get this money that I can now put in either into that same account or into other accounts that I'm interested in yeah and then the other thing that we need to look at is capital gains 
Now, capital gains, there is short-term and long-term. The main difference is whether you hold it, that asset, for a year or longer. If it's less than a year, it's short-term, and then it's taxed just like regular active earned income. If it's over a year, it goes in this category called long-term uh, capital gains, and it actually has a totally separate tax bracket, which we might get into in a later episode where I show you how you can probably make up to about fifty dollars to $100,000 and not pay any tax on it because of the various ways. Money. So the reason why I bring up these various types of income is everybody hears the news of, oh, Jeff Bezos and all these super rich people who don't pay their fair share in taxes and all that. Well, the problem with that is nobody's understanding where their money is coming from and their wealth is growing. If I told you like, hey, your house went up $300,000 in value, you'd be happy, right? Yeah. But did you pay taxes on that $300,000 increase? Mm -hmm. No. So there's where the difference is. A lot of the income of the super wealthy comes from asset appreciation, which is capital gains, which they don't have to pay tax on until they actually sell the asset. So it's gaining, they're growing wealthier, but they're not getting any income from it. Mm -hmm. So that's how you want to do that while they're minimizing their earned income. They're minimizing how much they actually work to get paid. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think we talked about this on a previous episode that, you know, if you're making money on a business, like, wow, I made, you know, $100,000, well, what are your, what are your costs? You know, what, 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 is, what is the fees and costs associated with that money that you made and how much did you really make, which at the end of the day is that money that you get taxed on. And when you're smart about it and you're able to say, okay, what costs, can I put into here that are related to my business that are bills that I already pay anyway, like phone bills, internet, internet, your car, your gas, laptop, whatever stuff that you can use for both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that I feel like is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is pretty much on a grander scale when it comes to those big businesses like Amazon. That works for Amazon and them. Yes. They want to try to reduce their, their revenue by doing that. And they have a lot bigger strategies that they have teams of freaking professional CPAs and accountants. Yeah. They, going pay, through. they pay those people to earn the money that they're saving. Yeah. At the end of those the people <laughs> save them more money than they cost. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you want to go into that side of it, so as a small business owner, and especially if you do an S-Corp classification, which I'm not going to get into because it's crazy more complicated than it should be. Like, let's say you, you're an agent. Yes. Real estate agent yes. in Vegas. Call me. So you can have two different ways you structure yourself to pay yourself. You can have a sole proprietor where you just, whatever is in there is your income. You take that, you know, whatever you make as your commissions minus your expenses, all that is yours. Great mm -hmm. pot. You don't have to pay yourself as a payroll company or anything like that. You just, that money is yours. You have also as an S Corp where you are the business owner, but technically you are also an employee. So I can now, like in my company as a mobile notary, I'm an S Corp. I pay myself a wage, a yearly salary. So every two weeks I get paid a yearly salary. Or not, I wish every two weeks I got paid the US app, but one day. <laughs> Every two weeks I get paid. I pay myself just like anybody who's working for anybody else. So I have tax in that. But also whatever is left over out of now my wages, my costs, my expenses and everything, that is called profit and that is taxed as differently than this. So I'm moving things around in how I earn my income so that I pay less in taxes. So I move income around and basically like no matter what, it's all mine. I could 
pay myself more as an employee, but then have to pay myself also more in income taxes and Medicare and Social Security, all that stuff, mm -hmm. and have zero in my profit. Or I can pay myself a regular wage and then whatever's left over, take that as a profit distribution. And then now this is just federal income tax. It doesn't have Social Security or Medicare or anything like that, the additional fees that I would have to pay or taxes that I have to pay. On. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can get into that a little more in another episode, but I think like we're also, we want to, um, as far as that goes, it's more of like the active side of yeah. things than the passive. So that's how I move the active side around. Now, on your passive income, you can get this by buying uh, stocks just like you have the that dividends. pay dividends. So yep. these are well-established companies that, you know, are probably not growing as much. So these are not your Apples. These are not your Facebooks. These are not the tech companies that are really growing like that. These are more of your established, like your utilities, your... I hate to say the tobacco companies because they're not allowed to really grow anymore. Yeah. So now all their extra income goes to just paying dividends. Your oil companies. So all of these ones that are big, established, that make a ton of money but can't really grow anymore, so they just end up paying dividends to their shareholders, that's a passive income. Buying a rental property, maybe having a, rent, a property manager in there handle it for you to where, you know, all you have to do is make sure that the house is still standing, people are paying rent, and you get a check in there in your bank account. That's his passive side. Um, the other one is royalties. If you write a book, if you trademark something or copyright something, you can sell the licenses for these for people to use that and you make money off that. All of this is stuff that is passive. You worked hard at the beginning to create something and then now you can sort of just keep going like a perpetual crop yep. that you can just keep harvesting. And another big thing too is like podcasts and YouTube channels as well. Once you reach that monetization level, then your content eventually, as long as you reach those um, those requirements per platform in order to be monetized and stay monetized, then that's also a passive income as well. But like granted, you know, you gotta be active with it and continue to post content. But as long as you have a lot of content available, People are going to continue to go to your channels, continue to listen, continue to watch, continue to like, comment, and subscribe, which I'm sure you've all done on this video as well. And when that happens, you're able to collect those checks, you know, usually depending on the platform, they can take a lot of time to get to you. But at the end of the day, if you're doing it to create some form of, um, of income, then there's other things you could do too, like advertisements, mm -hmm. you know, on certain platforms, or if you do endorsements for things and you can add some sort of code to a platform, or I know that like Amazon affiliations, if you have a product you're really passionate about and you want to market that product, people use your link, then you get paid a percentage or a share of however much they spent. Yeah. And that's a lot of how your influencers out there make money on yep. that. But all of that, yeah, it's active at the very, very beginning to build something that hopefully will bring passive in the end. That's also technically how businesses work. Mm -hmm. You spend a lot of time growing that business, building it to now where you can hire other people and you can slowly step back, step back, step back, step away from the business and it can manage itself. And then now you don't have wages, you have just all profit. I think a good episode that we'll, we'll do is uh, some passive income ideas too. Yeah, we, we could do a list of Cause, that. Because it sounds nice to just kind of sit back and go through your daily main task and then just get checks for the back end stuff that you worked hard for. Capital gains is just basically, like I said, you buy an asset. It could be a property, it could be a stock, it could be almost anything. As long as it appreciates and goes up in value and when you sell it or get rid of it, liquidate it, however you will, that is an asset to you, that is a capital gains tax. 
If you do it less than a year, it's regular income. Always try to hold things more than a year. More than a year, once you hold that, depending on what your tax rate is, you have a better bracket in there. And that is the three main ways of having types of income, I guess. And, and as far as capital gains go, um, I know that one of the big ones is like a house, which which is why a lot of people do 1031 exchanges because if, Investors, you, yeah. if you make money on your house and you want to just take that cash, there's a huge tax amount for capital gains that gets taken out. So a lot of people, when they sell their homes, they reinvest into another home to avoid that capital gains tax. But what are, what are some other examples that, that would qualify as capital gains? Well, stocks, generally. If stocks. I buy... If I, I guess outside of like Roth IRA, traditional IRA? Well, no, just stocks in general. So those, so an IRA is the vehicle, is an investment, is a vehicle to put your investments in. Mm -hmm. So the, all that is is a tax sheltered vehicle. I could yeah. buy stocks outside of it with regular brokerage. Yeah. I can, so your Roth, your traditional IRA, don't even worry about that, but just buying stocks in general. Just drive, just going straight into stocks. Yeah, you like can that. do it with cars. If I buy a car and sell it, Hopefully, I can make money on it, and if I do, that's a capital gains event. Anything you can do of, I mean, you could do it as a, a reseller. I buy products in China, I sell them on Facebook, whatever that profit is. Yes, that is a business, but that business is actually selling capital gains tax stuff. I, I mean, okay. it's just all short term. <laughs> it's all in that, so. Where you're wanting to get more into is the long term, where you're holding it for a long time, and then once you get rid of it, then you can decide on how you want to do that. Well, I think I think that's some good info then. Now I can stop the episode, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> yeah. now we're good. That's some good info for this episode. We'll see you next time on Money Basic Pocket Money Podcast. We'll You'll see you next time on the Basic Money Podcast with me, Josh. And me, Keith. All right. Have a good one. Bye.